This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with my man, Jared Davis. How you doing? I am feeling pretty good, my man. We, uh, after that game against Arkansas, how, how could you be upset about anything? That I know. Was- that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I was just doing a little reflecting. I I legitimately can't think of a game in the last probably three for sure seasons, if not four seasons, that we've had such a dominant win, offense, defense, and special teams. And boy, does it feel good. Like, it was kind of like the shades of, you know, Gus Melzahn beating Arkansas, but it was every aspect of the game. I felt like when Gus Melzahn would beat Arkansas, it would just be like, yeah, we're going to just score a ton on Arkansas. Defense would do good, but, like, man, it felt like every aspect of us, which we were just at 100%, and there was no slowing us down. Uh, I mean, Auburn, the motivation for this game, getting bowl eligible, very important. But Arkansas's too. I mean, if they won out, you know, that's big for them. They'd be able to go bowling. And since they lost, <laughs> their head coach got fired, which is kind of – Ironic, you know, what was it last year? We lost Arkansas. Harson got fired immediately after. You know, full circle again. Crazy. Um, but here we are. We are bowl eligible. So really excited to see where we end up going. I've heard Duke's Mayo Bowl, Music City Bowl up in Nashville, the ReliQuest Bowl down in Tampa. We won't obviously truly know until I think it's like first week of December is usually selection sunday so you know we'll have to wait a few weeks but you know honestly if, if we kind of go to any of those i'd be fine but yeah jared if we can somehow in a couple weeks beat alabama in the iron bowl you gotta think that we would get a pretty good bowl like like do you have an idea like what would be a cool one that you'd want obviously not a probably a new year six we're probably not doing that but what are there any others that you can think of that we might want to go to? Yeah, and just a real quick update. So <clears throat> about something else, I, I did not realize this. It was reported initially. It is now being reported that Pittman has actually not been fired yet. Mm. There, are, there are just strong rumors that he will be, but he he has up until even uh, two hours ago posted that he is focused on Florida International and not the rumors about his job. Wow. Um, so I would, I too thought there had been reports that he had been fired. Um, the bowl game, uh, question, you know, if we beat Alabama, you gotta, I mean, it's probably going to wind up being one of those like outback capital one type bowls. Um, if it's, if we lose Alabama, I don't, I don't know. What are you probably looking at? Like music city bowl or something like yeah, that. Something like that, which I think yeah. is very respectable. I and mean, we had great success. Uh, what was it against Purdue there? Yeah. So I mean, I'd be happy I mean, to go back. Yeah, I mean, going bowling at all with the way things looked four games ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, you know, I'll take it. So, but I mean, yeah, you definitely have a chance. I mean, at the end of the day, let's be honest. I mean, at the end of the day, with the playoff system, you know, any bowl is just extra prep time, really. I mean, they they lost is. their they lost their prestige a little bit when they went with the playoff, which is fine. But you know, I mean, I guess Capital One Outback, you're probably going to wind up with you know, a, a decent big 10 opponent Mu- music city bowl. 
I don't know what you'll wind up with. So I would still probably want to shoot for the Capital One Outback, and I think that's where you'll land if you wind up beating Alabama. Yeah, and I think most fans are going to be pretty excited about that. And it gets you a really legit good team if you go to any of those. So that's another really good matchup, especially think about it. Like, I I feel like this team, it took them, what, seven, maybe eight weeks to truly figure out their offense. And it just needs an extra week, you know, an extra good game to get you. And that's what a bowl gets you. It's extra practice. So, you you know, right now, I'm personally thinking Peyton Thorne is the future, at least for next year. And if we keep building upon this offense and their success so far, you're building for the future. You're building that better offense, better wide receivers, better everything on offense. And that that's so big. Um, I mean, the, the kind of momentum of the offense right now is a lot, but I don't want to like overshadow that by what our defense has done. I mean, some of these teams, like even Arkansas, you know, we when we were previewing it last week, Arkansas kept games really close. This was Arkansas's first really bad loss, you know, 48 to 10. You like that is not a good showing for Arkansas. And here we are. We we just took it to them. And uh I I it just feels so good to finally do that again. Let's uh kind of talk about some of the offensive pieces of this. Um we had 517 yards of offense, rushing, 354 total yards of rushing. Just let that sink in. 354 yards of rushing. Like, Is that good? We, yeah. Like, we, we all knew this team's strength was going to be the running game. But, oh my gosh. Like, this running game has improved even more than I thought it was going to. And that's just a testament to, I think, coaches figuring things out players seeing that the coaches are adjusting their game plan to our strengths and what we're really good at. And you're seeing that, um, still passing game, not the best 163 yards, but you didn't have to pass. Like, especially in the second half, we're essentially just saying we want to run the clock out and just beat them. And we kind of did that. So pretty exciting things there. Um, Jared, what did you kind of get out of the the quarterback play? Because you know, you look at Peyton's stats, pretty good. Uh, 12-20, that's around 60%. Uh, 163 yards, three touchdowns. Did have a really bad interception. What's kind of your your gauge on what the quarterback play is at at this point? Um, I mean, I'm very impressed. Now, I don't know if I'm impressed because it was so bad before or if it actually is good now. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, Yeah, it's like your expectations were, in my mind, mine were lowered. Yeah, they're very low, and now you're like, oh, this looks like a competent quarterback. But I really do think, my my heart of hearts thinks that, it, and if you go back to Michigan State too, like the guy knows how to play quarterback. I think that mm-hmm. it literally, I think we underestimated the whole transition of new players new coaches, new everything, new uh, conference for him. And so it feels like he's starting to really get in a groove Um, and, and equally with his legs as his arm. um, I mean, he is, we've been talking about it for a while, but he runs that. Not only is he 
more athletic than we thought, but the he make I feel like he never makes the wrong read. Yeah. Which is the really the more important thing with that read option. He's all he has in my mind has always made the correct decision about pulling or giving. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you've seen, you know, as as athletic as Robbie is, he does the wrong you know, he just takes it when he should have just handed the ball off or whatever that is. And and it does seem like Peyton's making the right decisions. I mean, his rushing stats this game alone, 88 yards. And that's pretty dang good for any quarterback to have that much. And, and for somebody like Peyton, who wasn't necessarily touted as much of a running quarterback, you know, that's honestly really solid numbers there. Um, and it just shows you, you know, there's lots of ways that Peyton can beat you. And it's not just passing it through the air because, you know, I think we can all admit to some level, like wide receiver play has been a little underwhelming. And when that happens, hey, make a play with your legs. And uh, Peyton seems to do that. <laughs> he even made one with his shoulders when he uh, just trucked that guy into the end zone. Like that, that is going to be a core memory inside of Peyton Thorne for the rest of his life because he just trucked a guy, ran into the end zone, stared him down. And I was like, Come on, that was too good. And it's so early in the game, you're just like, that set the tone for the rest of the game. And Peyton was just on fire anytime he was in, uh, besides that one bad in- interception. But, you know, I feel like, I feel like he's going to have at least one or two really bad passes. And we just have to hope that one of those one or two bad passes in the game is just, it falls incomplete. But, Considering the other pros of how good he's been, I, you know, you kind of take take it and leave it. I mean, every quarterback pretty much from all time is going to have a, an interception. So just part of it. Um, we did have Robbie come in for a little bit in the fourth quarter um, once we had put the game away. Uh, Robbie had a few running, uh, pretty good runs, um, but then threw an interception, threw it behind his receiver, and uh, it, it wasn't a good pass and was intercepted and uh, immediately after that you know Robbie was really tough hard on himself and rightly so but hey I mean it's it's just part of the game I guess um so then we had Holden Gurner come in which how exciting is it when you get to pull your third stringer in there and uh get some you know somewhat decent reps I mean it's fourth quarter end of the game but still um yeah, he did decent. I mean, he just kind of handed the ball off, managed the offense, didn't have to do a whole lot. So good for him. Um, and then, my goodness, like running backs just went wild this game. Um, Jarquez had uh, 109 yards uh, in the air and uh, also had a couple of catches. Um, and then you had guys like Demario Austin. Like after coming back from injury, he ended up having 12 carries, which is pretty significant, uh, and had 64 yards on that. So, you know, coming from an injury, he's starting to get that feel back again, and uh, that's that's good depth-wise because again, I, I have a feeling Jarquez is gone unless we just somehow are able to pull in a bunch of NIL money and convince Jarquez to come back. Um, we also had Brian Batig have a pretty good game, um, also had a touchdown. So. Love to see that for him. Um, I think that was his very first touchdown as an Auburn Tiger. So um, I, I'm I'm kind of selfishly hoping that this breaks open um, the dam for him, and now he's going to take back a uh, a kickoff return because 
Yeah, I, I really want that. I really want it for him. But hey, once you find that end zone once, you, you that taste in your mouth, yeah, you, you know where it is and you know how to get it. So hope he comes back and uh, scores some more touchdowns. So obviously our tight ends also did really well uh, with uh, Fairweather, um, had a couple touchdown uh, receptions. And uh, I mean, he is so efficient. I mean, he had three catches, two of them were touchdowns. Um, very consistent. Love it for him. Um, especially when, you know, the other wide receivers just aren't, especially the big ones on the outside, not doing as much. Um, Jared, I mean, at this point, I mean, is there anything more we can do on at, for wide receivers um, besides just transition a little bit to like tight end passes? Anything you can think of? Not really. I mean, you know, to Javarius Johnson has been the most consistent wide receiver. I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think it's a coincidence that the offense has picked up a little bit since he's come back fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a touchdown catch as well. He had another good uh, catch and run on kind of a interesting little screen route. I kind of liked um, it was more beyond the line of scrimmage, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Caleb uh, Burton, he had the oh, big, yeah. he had the big catch like second play of the game. And that think, that again set the tone like real early. Yes. They're coming at you. Yeah, I think that uh I think Caleb Burton understands like I think he you know, there's there's several parts to being a foot receiver and football player, but understanding the game, understanding where to be, and then being athletic. I don't mm-hmm. know that he's the most athletic guy, but yeah, I think he absolutely understands, you know, how to be a receiver and that's that that can you can make a spot on a team and be very contribute a lot. Mm-hmm. As far as the big guys and the one on one matchup wins, I mean I was kind of disappointed in Camden Brown if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. I, I think you I think Fairweather's probably your only option on those like throw it up one on one routes. Um, really, it was and I more, want and I want it for Cam Brown so bad. Like I, I do too, man. Just, but it was almost like. His body language wasn't good, AJ. If I'm being mm-hmm. honest, man, yep. it was it was like, man, is the and I hate to say this, but it was only like, is the effort there? It was just real bad body right. language. Well, it um, reminds me of like if y'all remember Duke Johnson, like big body receiver, but like his level of effort was just terrible. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I I want to, and I started this. I want to be super careful. I'm not saying for sure he wasn't giving max effort, but I'm not gonna lie, it, it was. It didn't look good on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think Shane Hooks, you know, he's he can score on the, the you know, couple of uh, uh, fade routes in the end zone. But as far as like a, you know, run to the sticks and, and turn and catch it, he hadn't produced either, which is what we were mm-hmm. trying to do with Camden Brown. I mean, if, you know, if if uh, I think Cam, Cam dropped a touchdown that, yeah, it was contested. And then he dropped two passes that would have kept drives alive. Right. Um, I mean, I, I mean, even in a blowout win, I mean, that, that, that's probably another seven points mm-hmm. if, if you know, he keeps one of those, if he gets one of those, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Fairweather, in a long-winded answer, AJ, I think <laughs> Fairweather is our go-to-the-sticks, fade route kind of guy. I think Javarius is our wheel route Um you know, sneak out behind the the DB kind of guy, mm-hmm. and Caleb is is probably the guy you're going to do your slant routes on and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and then I think we've just figured out that combo, and that's why we're now looking better on offense. Yeah, I think so too. Though I will say this: we did have 
one screen. It was like a bubble tunnel screen, whatever you want to call it. And it was successful. And I was like, good for them. Yeah, that when they pulled it out, yeah, that was one of our gripes over the last few weeks is just the screens don't seem to be working. And uh, we finally got one to work. So they must have got something and figured it out. Um, let's transition a little bit over to defense. Um, my goodness. Like, to to slow down Arkansas, maybe not necessarily the biggest feat of all time, but it's more more or less about how they did it. I mean, for most of the game, they held them to three points. It literally took their backup quarterback. I mean, again, kind of put it in perspective here, the defense pretty much forced Arkansas to take K.J. Jefferson out of the game because K.J. Jefferson around, was it third quarter or so? They, he just like, you could tell. He had just like, I can't do anything. I'm not doing anything. Like, I, there's no spark on offense for Arkansas. And that was all because defense was just completely dominating. Uh, K.J. Jefferson tried his hardest, and you know, there's only so much one player on a team can do. But they they had to bring in their backup, and that was because the defense just said, "Nope, we're, we're we figured out what Arkansas is doing, and this isn't going to happen." So, pretty uh, interesting stuff. Just defensive. I mean, they did what they needed to. Um, and some would point to, hey, their offensive line, Arkansas's offensive line, isn't that great? You know, Rocket Sanders got injured. I don't care. Like, this is a team that the week before played. Uh, who was it, Florida, they beat and them. put up 39 points. Like, uh, that's the same team we just beat and held them essentially to three points, more or less. Yeah, it was 10 points, but <laughs> still 10 points. It's pretty good. And today is modern college football. So, um, And we kept them to around 255 yards. So anytime you do that, it's uh, it's been a good down defense. Um, another couple things. Um we did force, and, and this is kind of continuing that turnover streak. We forced uh, another fumble uh, turnover. Uh, that was kind of an interesting one. Um, I had kind of already looked away, and then I hear the commentators go, oh, he's running it back. And I'm like, what, just, what did I just miss? And I look up, and there we are. We have uh, Caleb Wooden uh, running the ball back, and you're like, what the heck just happened? And then they showed the replay. You know, the, the running back was just kind of laying on top of somebody. And, you know, one of our players punched it out. And you're like, that's awesome. Uh, So I wanted to say this um, because at the very end, Caleb Wooden, it looked like he was just running so slow. Like some defender or some wide receiver, it looked like kind of just ran up and tackled him. But there was a funny quote from Caleb um, right after that play. He said, the field gets a lot longer with the ball in your hands. I don't I didn't know it was that far. Yeah, I thought that was a funny quote from him, which is true. Like, yeah, that. Yeah, I heard. I actually just heard like before we hopped on here. I was watching a highlight and I heard the uh, Andy Burcham calling it, and he he says he says we pick up the fumble. He's like he's gonna score. I mean, he calls it early. He's like he's gonna score. There's nobody around him, and then like a second later, he's like, oh, he got caught. Yeah, you got caught at like the ten. You're like, oh. Yeah, because there literally was nobody around him, and you're. I know. And and he's a he's a safety, isn't he? Or is he a DB? Either way, he yeah. probably runs like a four three forty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, split. he got caught. He got caught. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, you know, it was great. it was it was funny. 
It's great. I mean, hey, we, we continued our streak. What are we on now? I wrote it down. 19, 19 games of turnovers in a row, which is pretty amazing. Love it for the defense there. Uh, putting in the work. And, uh, I mean, if there's anything that kind of gives you some hope uh, for the Iron Bowl, you got to look at the defense. Um, I know Alabama's got a really good offense, but, you know, I think Auburn can slow them down a little bit if they, they play like they've played the last few games, even with some of their depth issues. You know, I think they're managing that so well that, you know, even despite some of these you know, injuries and lack of depth, it doesn't matter. It seems like these guys are, are rotating in and keeping them fresh. Um, we also had, which I thought was kind of interesting, I'd, I'd never seen this. There was a pass interference, literally flag thrown. The you know head judge comes on and says, hey, it's pass interference on Canley. And I was like, ah, okay. I mean, I, I don't agree with it. Worst call ever, by the way. And you're about to you're about to tell yeah. why it was interesting. Yeah, well, Canley makes a play on the ball, jumps up, didn't even like affect the wide receiver. Didn't even touch the receiver. Yeah, he didn't no. touch and, and But it was, again, called, the, even though it came over to the speakers, and then about 15 seconds later, the refs get together and they're like, oh, we're overruling that. There was no penalty. And I was like, I have never personally seen a pass interference get overturned because that's not a reviewable thing. But I think it was just the, the all of the other refs, like however many it was, there were like five on the field, four of the five were like, no, that wasn't pass interference. And the one that threw, I think he, he was like, oh, okay, I guess it's not. <laughs> So, but I think they made the right call, and which is, you know, ultimately what we're wanting. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it did not matter in the game, so I didn't lose my mind. But I, right, and I know it's easy to say this, but I was like, that that may be the worst pass interference call I've ever seen because he literally played it perfectly, didn't even touch the receiver, and they call it. And you're right, though. I was like, they called it, and I said, that's terrible. And then mm-hmm. a few minutes later, they come back and say, "Oh, they're over, <laughs> they're overruling, and they had already actually called it." So I'm, I'm, right. I'd never seen that before. So hey, new things happen, I guess. No uh, impact on the game whatsoever, but it, it was. Yeah. You still want them to get the call right, and they did. Eventually, mm-hmm. ultimately, they did. Right. Um, we had a few players on defense have incredible games. First off, Jalen McLeod, nine tackles, six of them were solo, three sacks, and four tackles for loss. The dude was having a day. That sounds um, pretty good. Is that is that good? Uh, I if you get even one sack, I feel like it's a good day. When you get three, it's like you are playing on another level. So that that's very encouraging for me uh, because you know, especially the linebacker room. I feel like early this season we were like, okay, it's Eugene Asante and like I don't know who else. Like, and and now you're starting to see Jalen McLeod which sounds like he's getting a lot healthier, which is a big part of this. Austin Keys step up, and Wesley Siner do pretty well, which is really good news for the future of this linebacker room. So love that for them. Um, Eugene Asante, as expected, had a really good day. Um, had eight tackles and got credited for half a tackle or half a sack. Um, so another he good destroyed one. A get, he destroyed a guy on kickoff return. Too. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Good, good. I've I kind of forgotten about that, but I, it I love the their first hit. kickoff. Yeah, I think it might after we scored a lot of tone setting plays there in the first there five were. minutes. There were it was like Auburn was being way more physical, and <laughs> what was it? Uh, Sam Pittman was asked, uh, I forget one of his interviews mid game, 
hey, why? what's going wrong? And he just kept saying, oh, we just can't tackle. We can't tackle. And that's first off coaching. Second off, your players are not being physical enough if you're having issues with tackling. And again, I think Auburn was saying, we're going to out-physical you. And we did it in every aspect, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, another couple things, uh, man, I, I, I've been a big fan of our secondary, but there were a couple times where I was like, they are having like, I mean, KJ Jefferson was still able to pass some, but like, if he got the ball out, we were ready for him. It wasn't like, I mean, I, I can't even remember. There was like, maybe the longest was like, yeah, they had a couple longer passes, but like, that was it. None of them even turned into, well, they had one touchdown. I was like in junk time with their backup quarterback. So I don't even really ca- count that one. Um, so secondary, solid performance there. Um, let's talk about some special teams here. So, oh, man, if you're going to have a day to have a fun special teams day, today felt like, or Saturday felt like the day. Um, Keontae had that big punt return, 74 yards. Um <laughs> that, that was another one where like he he was uh, kind of like uh Caleb Wooden and like he kind of like pulled up at the end and you're like oh he's about to get caught and thankfully he didn't he get, got into the end zone and I was like I bet the coaches are going to make him run after uh pulling up a little bit at the end for the last like 10 yards of that return um but yeah he did yeah he did slow down the but he did not pull a Washington Huskies and oh drop the gosh. ball at the two yard line. I mean, that's the worst I've ever seen, AJ. They, uh, not I know it's another team, but I mean, yeah. I've seen people like do it right at the goal line, which is still silly. Mm-hmm. He dropped it at the two, and his other two players that came up behind him didn't realize that they're celebrating. Right. I'm like, he's not in the end zone. <laughs> yeah, like when are when are players ever gonna learn that? Like that that is in my mind lesson 101. And even Pee Wee, it's like, make sure you get past the goal line first off, get into the end zone, and then you can put the ball down. But like, I would even coach players run through the back of the end zone with the ball in your hands, you know? <laughs> I think, I think Gus, I think he had a good rule. His, his rule was you have to hand the ball to the ref. I and, like that one too. And I think, you know, I think his was mostly for not showboating, but uh, that, like, if you have to hand it to the ref, you're, you're going to score, right? So, mm-hmm. That would be my rule as well. If you don't hand it to the ref, you're 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 doing laps. Right. Um, that's a pretty simple rule to remember. When I, I know they're excited, right? It's like I don't know. You're ready to start celebrating. I get it. Um, but you got to hand the ball to the ref first. Uh huh. I agree. I think that's a. If I was a head coach, I'd probably have that exact same rule for my team. Um, we also had hey props to Alex McPherson. No kicks out of bound. Good for him. Um. Did much better on kickoffs. He also had a couple. A, we did do a weird formation, which is okay. I don't oh care, yeah, but it was a very weird formation every time. I don't know if we saw yeah. something from them or what, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, like we had some. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it was definitely different than what we had done in the past for kickoffs. Yeah. Um, and maybe we're setting something up. I don't know, like a you know surprise onside kick for you know the Iron Bowl or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely looked a little bit different. Um, we only had a couple points. Uh, Oscar Chapman had a couple, um, average about 38 yards. Not the best, but I don't think much was really asked of him during this game because guess what? Our offense did what they needed to. So, um, Jared, any other final thoughts about this game and finally getting a really dominant win um, over Arkansas? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's it. The the uh, dominant team win. And uh, but I will add this note. I saw I have not validated this, but I saw somebody post. I meant to say it. When we we're talking about Fairweather. Fairweather now has apparently has one more catch than CJ Uzama had. Uzama had his entire Auburn career. Whoa. Um, yeah. So Fairweather and, and already CJ has, played multiple years at Auburn. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think he left early. He might have been here four years. Now, he may not yeah. have started every year. But, yeah, C.J. Uzama, uh, Fairweather already has one more catch than he did his whole you know, career. So, wow. I'm not saying he's better because Uzama went on to have a pretty decent NFL career. He's still uh, playing. Yeah, okay, he may still be playing. But, yeah, you know, more out of necessity with Fairweather most likely this year. But, you know, that's still impressive. Um, he's that, that was a crazy stat. Uh, other crazy stat real quick. I think think we now may be tied with Georgia for the best in the SEC for the best third down defense in the SEC. I'm pretty sure Whoa. teams have only gone seven and 35 over the last three or four games on third down against us. That and is like, crazy. And I want to say the last three games, we've only given up two third down conversions, like each game. <laughs> Each game, not not total, but like each game. That's still that's still crazy. We only yeah, allowed so, one this game. Yeah, so I think the last three games, the most we've given up is two third. Even in the Ole Miss game, maybe in four games, even the Ole Miss game, they're like two for eleven. Yeah, it was it was just the two they got were daggers, but you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I thought there was some cool stats. Yeah, definitely. Again, more stats to show that our defense is uh, stepping up and doing their thing. Um, oh, one other thing. Just kind of general observation, you know, Jay Fair got uh, the targeting, you know, it, somebody hit him out of bounds. I, I was just doing some thinking. It's kind of interesting. We haven't had usually targeting is like at least one of the topics that is almost feels like every week. And I feel like Auburn's kind of avoided that, you know, on both sides, um, which is kind of interesting. Maybe it's not as much of an emphasis. I- I this think year? it's down this year. I've seen several plays that they would have called that in the past that weren't even reviewed, like weren't even brought yeah. up. Uh, I think they've, I think they've done a good job with that. I think it's been down. I mean, I almost would have even been okay with uh, it, definitely a 15 yard penalty. And mm-hmm. the guy, there should be some punishment because that kid was being way aggressive. But I mean, if you'd have said it's not targeting, I would have been like, okay, but still a 15 yard penalty. Right. It was just a brutal late hit is what it really amounted to. Yeah, um, and and they did call the you know the late hit out of bounds, and then they were like also targeting his helmet. His helmet touched him, and I agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, I'm glad he got the punishment because he shouldn't have hit him that late. If that would have yeah. happened in the field of play, and they also called targeting, I would have been a bit a little upset if that was my team because it was mm-hmm. the the big issue was the the late hit part of it. Right, um, and I, I was. Thinking, yeah, we used to see targeting almost every week. Oh, it was, it was like it was terrible. It was like, oh crap, Smoke Monday. Oh yeah, crap, Smoke Monday whoever. walked on the field and got targeting. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, it was insane. Yeah, um, and very few of them were legit. In my, I mean, whatever legit means, but I don't know. Not, not. I don't think they were why the rule was made. Right. And I feel well, like they've at least come back to their sanity on that. I think so too. Like I've heard a couple refs this year. Um, or the commentators, you know, asking the official that they, you know, call up and they're like, hey, official, what do you think of this? And uh, a lot of them are saying that they're 
new, I guess, more emphasis on is the intent behind it. Is it like truly malicious? And it or should was have it always just like, been that. Oh, I 100% agree. Like previously it was like to the letter of the law, did the helmet touch the helmet? And you're like, that doesn't necessarily mean it should be targeting. How many times like does the running back go low yeah, and the defender was, goes low too? Yes, targeting. That was always, you know? like to me, we could go all day on this, but to me when the defender has already engaged and then the quarterback or someone else then lowers their head too, why is it targeting on the defensive guy? He's already engaged trying to go low. Right. And they would call, they would call it, and I'm like, that is insane. I mean, call targeting on the offensive guy because the defensive <laughs> guy's already gone low. I know. So, I don't know. I, I, they definitely, ultimately, they appear to have cleaned it up a little bit. I guarantee you we'll have one or two of them called against us against uh, New Mexico State because we're playing Bama <laughs> the next week. But, and, and it'll be in the second half. And you're like, yeah, it'll be second uh, half. It'll probably be Asante and Austin Keys. And oh gosh. Yeah, it'll be both of them. So I, I will say, no joking, if it gets out of hand, uh, and I, New Mexico State's better than you know most pushovers. If it gets mm-hmm. out of hand though, in that second half, get them out of there as quick as possible because I mean I'd rather give up a, a trash time touchdown than lose a guy in the Bama game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, especially if it's going to be a key player like say Eugene, or so, I would even argue some of the secondary players like DJ James or. I don't know, Jalen Simpson or somebody yeah. else. Get them know? all out. It's, you know, we hadn't had a buy in a while either. Just, just rest if we can. Now it may be, right. a, it may be a fight. I don't know, but if it's if it's definitely out of hand, just go ahead and put your backups in, so you don't even risk it. Yeah, I I hope, and we'll talk about that a little bit later this week. Is uh, the New Mexico State preview? So stay tuned for that. Um, Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on X at A-J-Y-J-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.